Being on the front lines in the fight to educate the next generation is tough. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with important updates, encouragement, and connection. Welcome to the Institute Leaders Lifeline. Hello and welcome to the Institute Leaders Lifeline. My name is Mike Sinclair and I'm Deputy Superintendent of School Support at the Charter Institute at Erskine. And I am so glad that you've joined us today. We're going to have a guest, Miss Ashley Owings. She's the principal at Odyssey Online Learning. So it's virtual month, month of November. What better time for us to interview a virtual principal and get into the Zoom virtual interview platform. So we're glad you joined us today and we hope that you enjoy this conversation. Here we are with Ashley Owings. I'm so glad that you joined us today on the interview. And uh, I know our listeners will love listening to how you got to this point in your career. You're fairly new in your job in the scope of leadership. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey to getting to a virtual principal's position? Absolutely. I first just wanted to thank you for this opportunity to come. Um, Having a virtual interview, that's part of my life every day. And so it's definitely a a great experience and and kind of my my little thing that I do every day. So yeah, so just to share with you a little bit about my experiences. um, This is my 15th year in education. Um, I did most of my experience in a brick and mortar setting. So I had the opportunity to um, teach both general education and special education Um, in the classroom setting. Um, And then I just knew, um, you know, just within my heart, you just have this drive to be able to serve in a different capacity. And so I I sought my administrative uh, degree and looked for probably a little over a year and then um, actually became the assistant administrator here at Odyssey. And so I'll be uh, not being honest if I said I wasn't scared to to switch um, the environments because I was very hesitant about going into the virtual setting. Um, but just through my experiences, I've just learned that there are pros and cons to both, right? But so many opportunities that um, I would be able, I love challenges. And so that obviously gave me a challenge. And so um, to feed that, I had a first year um, assistant admin at Odyssey, and then I was the interim for a whole year. And so this is actually my second year as the executive director. And it has been a blessing to just serve all the students and parents um, and staff. um, And that I just, feel that I have a servant's heart. And so I enjoy every single moment. It's not always easy, um, but I love the place that I'm in. All right. You know, taking over a virtual setting coming from brick and mortar, I'm sure that you saw some of the obstacles that maybe virtual schools have that we in brick and mortar schools just don't recognize. So what were some of those things as you transitioned that maybe you didn't anticipate that you had to overcome? Well, I think one of the things was uh, being a leader in the charter world um, is just number one, informing your audience, right? So there can be um, different, I guess, assumptions, um, if if that's the correct word for it, just uh, informing um, the public of what charter school is, you know, and just uh, allowing um, us to serve in that capacity, but understanding that we are public, that we are accredited, um, and we have some of the best, just like every other school too. Um, but just understanding that flexibility and just understanding the charter law that is a little bit different um, than just a traditional public school. And so that was a challenge for me coming in. And so I had to invest a lot of time in learning those pieces. Um, and I, I've had tons of support um, through this wonderful path. Um, and so that that's kind of been a thing that I've just had to, to learn and grow in. 
Um, and even though my experience, I've been here again, this is my fourth year here. There are still things that I'm learning every day. Um, but I think that is all part of being an educator is that you're continuously growing. And so for that, I'm thankful. Right. Uh, you're talking about challenges and that transition. You know, when um, I'm talking to new leaders or a leader that's about to take over that role, I usually talk about you need to do three things so that people know it's going to be your culture or your environment. And that's usually in a brick and mortar school, something to the outside, something physical, and something for the kids that they'll see this different and something for your staff that you see is different. So coming into your role, trying to make sure that you were defining the culture and people could feel your vision for the culture. I would imagine in a virtual school, since everybody's not in the building every day, that, that could be a challenge. So what were some of the strategies you used or maybe you're still using to build that culture in the virtual environment? Yeah, so um, that's a great question to ask. I think one thing uh, for me as a school leader here at Odyssey, it's important for me to allow voice, right? And so voice is very important and to allow others to know that they're valued and they're understood, but then there are goals and then there are expectations, right? So um, just kind of setting that parameter, but to allow, um, again, we are not together on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, which is sometimes you miss. And so when we get together, it's really nice and we celebrate those things. Um, what we do for the staff to create the culture is um, I require a quarterly professional development. And then in between those sessions, something that we've done this year um, since uh, we couldn't do it in the past due to COVID, but we um, do student and parent events. So we are having five of those in the fall. And then we will again have five of those in the spring. Um, we just had a recent event at the State Museum in Columbia, South Carolina. It was so nice to collaborate uh, with the students and families, see them face to face. Um, always very intentional about learning about the students who are coming because you always want to celebrate with them and allow them to know that you know their story. Um, so for us at Odyssey, it's important that we develop those relationships to enhance um, not only their um you know, things that are in their personal life, but also that can, if we know those things, that's going to better develop our stronger relationships and enhance those academic skills as well, because we try to embed all of that. We um, try to make those connections. Um, so those are some exciting things that are coming on board too, but um, just allowing, yes, we still have staff meetings being in the virtual setting. We do that bi-weekly, um, and that's a time for, uh, they're not always hearing my voice. All the staff members have a role in that um, so again, just again, sharing the voice, but we all have the same vision and mission. And so just coming together, working together, making sure that we're all on that same page. Um, and then, you know, we're always uh, cultivating the staff and the uh, students and parents. Uh, we do a lot of Zoom meetings, but we also do a lot of video screencasts so that they are seeing my face. They're seeing the staff's face in a professional manner. Um, it's nice. You still have that connection, but you know that I'm a real person. I'm just not someone who sits behind the computer. So intentionality is really key uh, for our school. And so I try to embed that in, in our staff and in our day to works. If you say one of the top 10 words that I say to the staff is you be intentional and look to those students as if you were serving your own. And so I think it goes back to having that passion and that heart to serve um, what it does make all the difference. So, so you, you said, you know, it's important to know the student's stories. And I, I think we would all agree with that. How have you established your um, support network or how do you how, how talk to me a little bit about that building the structures at school so that you can get to know the students? I think it goes beyond just 
the teacher student, you've created a network per se. Yeah, so from the beginning, even from the beginning of school, the first week, we have orientation. So expectations are known to both students and parents uh, who come in. They see the staff faces. And so we start creating that culture there. Um, and then we also culture, um, you know, the teachers with their classroom, making sure that their learning environment is engaging, um, whether that whatever that be. We don't require the camera, but they have to be engaged in that learning session. Um, we have our support staff, uh, student engagement specialists who also foster and they do uh, student monthly engagement meetings um, to kind of foster their relationships there. Um, the counseling department also feeds into those. So having those IGPs, yes, they're via Zoom too. But I think it all comes together, understanding the story, allowing the students to, I think it all begins with that trust, right? If you don't have trusting relationships, then we're not going to be as open. So allowing students, uh, especially letting them know that, hey, we're tapping into you. We care about you. Um, um, I think it's all about those taps, even for me, like I call the students, I let them know that I'm checking in. And if I say that I'm going to follow up and then I'm going to do that. So um, obviously there's an accountability piece there for both. But when I am holding them accountable, they also have a response, too. So it's kind of neat in that way. Um, you know, high school students, they they love to text, right? Instead of, you know, hearing their voice or showing their face, but pulling them in into individual groups too, um, whether it be through study groups. We have different clubs that we also have in the school. Um, we're working on an incentive um, striving for excellence as we try to close the gap in academics. And so just allowing those various opportunities for students to find their voice um, and just uh, just allow them to expand um, through all of those various events. And so that is what the intentionality is for us. And then, you know, we do a lot of social media um, shout outs for our students, recognizing those students who are doing very well and those students who have made growths. Right. It doesn't have to be an A student. Right. Not all of us are A students. Um, even I in high school wasn't a straight A student. But you you celebrate those things because when they know that you're taking the time and investing um, your time to recognize those small gains, like those 1% taps. Um, as I was speaking with a school leader the other day, they make a difference. And so you plant those seeds and eventually you may not see, um, you know, those roots or those blooms uh, right off bat, but you will eventually see those seeds that you've planted. And so here at Odyssey, that is that is our goal. That's great. That's, um, I think you used the word intentionality. I think that's that's important. I think often we miss that, that we have a limited number of taps, as you were saying, or opportunities. And if we don't make the most of each one of those, then we are not going to get the pure essence of what we're trying to with our students. Um, so let's let's look a little bit about new leaders coming through. What If you were to give some advice to a new leader to say, you're going to face an obstacle, what obstacles did you face that you would love to give some um, warning to, some um, updates for a new leader coming in to say, watch out for this? Yes. Yeah, so for me as a charter school leader, there are lots of hats that I would wear versus just a traditional um, school leader, right? So essentially, I'm the superintendent and principal of the school. So managing the finances, all of those pieces. But I think um, at the bottom and the foundation is you have to find that balance that works for you. Uh, for me, I had to learn that really early. So as the interim, I was serving really two roles. And so I had to learn to practice my pause, 
recognize for myself, Ashley, you are not going to accomplish all of this in one day. And for me, that was hard to begin with. Um, But I was blessed to have the the span of support that I had and just being able to bounce off other leaders. Um, And, you know, the second thing is learning that you can't do it right. You build trusting teams and you have to delegate. And so I had to learn that. I had to learn like, I'm hiring these people because I trust them and they're get, they're going to have the shared vision and, and they're going to do their job. So I have to allow that. Um, and so I think that is what creates good leaders is trusting others to do the job. And then obviously, I mean, you follow through and you're checking in and monitoring those pieces. But a huge piece is just delegating and then just coming to the consensus you're not superwoman every day. And sometimes I tried to be that at the beginning um, because you'll crash and you'll burn. Um, and even for that, like you have to define the line. Like I try not to um, to allow my job to define who I am, right? I also have a family. And so uh, finding that balance, making that time uh, for my husband and my son in the evenings and not working all the weekends. And so sometimes I do have to do that, but understanding that they're a priority too. And so those pieces I've had to toggle and I will be honest, it is a it is a continuous uh, improvement plan that I try to uh, really just focus on um, but those would be some things that I would say. New leaders, learn the balance, take the time, pace yourself, make yourselves a list, a uh, checklist that you're like, this is something I can get done today, but this is something that I can move on until tomorrow. So just being mindful. Um, and then also, I think that just creates a growth mindset for you with you setting goals, whether it be weekly, you know, monthly, quarterly. Um, management is key. And so it, it's it's not easy. Uh, weighing, balancing all of those. It's, it's a juggle act, to, to be honest. But um, if you lean and you have your trusting teams and you lean on other people to support you, then you'll make it through. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, a key sometimes is it's not always about doing the work. It's about sometimes building capacity and understanding in others so that they, they think like you would want them to think. Um, it's also being comfortable that just because it's done differently than you would do it doesn't mean it's wrong. Um, there's, you know, as, as you, I had to learn as I delegated and trusted more, things weren't going to be the way I totally envisioned it, but it may turn out great. And so I had to trust others to do that because you can't, you can't do it all, but it's the upfront investment. It's not always about the checklist. It's about how are you investing in your team so that they know it's almost that metacognitive thinking. You know, you are telling them why you're doing what you're doing or why you're thinking what you're doing. So they see the rationale. They see the purpose so that when they do it on their own, when you trust them to do those things, they understand how you want them to think. So I think that's great. You started talking a little bit about that work life balance. Um, how do you disconnect? Like, what are some of your strategies for trying to disconnect um, from the work and not just with your family, but also maybe some personal time, some some ways that you use that time for yourself. Well, so I love working out. OK, so I, I do that. And sometimes I'll be honest, if I, ha- if I have a 20 minute span where I can do that on my lunch break and eat while I'm working on something else, I'll do that because for my mental capacity, I just need that where I can go and just put my ear ear pods in or AirPods and just go for a run. Um, and so that's always nice or just 
just taking time to just relax in the evening. Um, I do have a personal goal. Um, we have a wellness committee at our school, and so all of our staff make goals if they choose to uh, be part of the committee. Um, and just one of my goals this year is to try to not check my email after 8 o'clock p.m. And so I have to tap into that and be mindful that I don't do that because it, I, it'll just be an ongoing um, thing. Because in the virtual setting, sometimes it's hard to versus going to an office. It's all here with like you are in your office. And so just allowing that space um, and then having accountability partners and my husband is a huge accountability partner. So if I'm not being checked in at home, then he quickly reminds me of that. And I appreciate that transparency because, you know, again, going back to priorities and making sure that there's a balance and, um, you know, just taking the time, like if there's time that I just need time off, I mean, um, if I don't take that time, then I will burn out, right? Like we talked about earlier, but just being mindful that when I can take those breaks, I do. Um, and then just, you know, removing the phone. Sometimes you just have to set it aside and um, and it's okay. It's okay to do that um, because there needs to be, a, there's a time and um, day for those answers that you need to call. But I do really try to check out on the weekends um, because Monday through Friday are pretty busy days. Um, but just being mindful of that. Okay. Hey, well, you know, being my first year or five months into working from home, I totally get it. The office is right here. I don't have to get in the car. I'm used to kind of that windshield time between work and home to separate. And, you know, usually three or so days out of the week, I'm working right here. Um, you know, one thing I was reminded of at the beginning of the year, I was meeting with a principal um, who had heard me speak and share uh, last year at something. And uh, she reminded me that one of my strategies was to take the notification off my email on my phone um, so that I had text ping because those are typically more urgent. But I took that um, the notifications off the email because it was going to be there and I could check it. And, and, and now I have two phones, which can be a real pain to manage and figure out which one is buzzing. But I can put the work in my office with the work phone and leave it, um, which right. sounds simple. Um, but it actually is a physical way to separate. You know, you you talked about exercise. Um, I think sometimes having something physical, tangible, something that we do brings us into reality. Um, I told a story that uh, was in the last episode um, of myself, and I won't go into the whole story, but um, I had a period of time where I, I couldn't talk. I couldn't form words very well, and it lasted two solid weeks and then kind of got a little bit better. And today I still struggle a little bit. The only thing they could figure was I had too many file folders open in my head. I wasn't putting things away. And doctor described it as almost like Microsoft um, operating system where my hourglass was just spinning and my brain couldn't find the file it was looking for. And 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 that was one thing that came out of it is I'm living, his, his, his uh, analogy was you're living so much in your head you're not grounded in things tangible. So your body's not, your mind's not putting things back on the shelf or back in the file folders or wherever that would be in your analogy. So I think that's important. Um, in the virtual world, you know, a lot of it is in your head and creating, it's not as tangible. So you talked about exercise being something tangible. Um, are there any uh, hobbies or anything you do to put your hands together or something that you can you can see progress towards? 
Well, um, let me think about that for a minute. Not really. I mean, um, no. When I look at little things that I'm doing tangible or just kind of getting my mind off, uh, my son and I play a lot of memory games. So I'm always trying to, I try to get him to disconnect because in a world that we're in, it's all about the the iPad, the phone, you know. And so uh, doing puzzles, doing memory, going outside, playing football um, with him, doing those things, swimming, going to the beach. um, you know, I always love going to the beach and seeing it. It just seems that the the ocean is never ending, right? And so it reminds us of all the blessings that we have. Um, I love going on cruises. So that helps me also because I don't take my phone with me. And so I can disconnect there. Um, and, and, you know, and, and then, you know, a church is a big part of my life and to where I connect, where I'm in different com- committees there um, and just able to sing. So I sing in the choir. I love singing. I also sing at weddings, um, have one coming up very soon. So those are things that I really like to tap into that kind of allow me um, to express my talents in a different way, um, in a different right. capacity. So. You know, what I love about that is those are things that you control. You know, I mean, so much of our work um, as leaders in our organizations, the work's never done. I mean, it's, it, it seems to just keep building or it just changes. But having something tangible where I'm going to accomplish this and then you can look back and say, I did that. I'm going to go outside and throw the football with my son. You can say, I did that and he caught it better than he did before or whatever. And singing at something, you learn a song, you perform a song, you get feedback and you feel good about yourself. You did it. Um, so I think all of those are really important. I'm doing a half marathon in February. So that is a goal and that's always nice. So I'm actually helping uh, my sister-in-law who, uh, is in remission um, from cancer. And so it's a celebration uh, for me just to to be able to uh, go and help her. And so that's nice. And so we kind of hold each other accountable. So that's an upcoming event that it excites me and just is a celebration to um, life is not always about work, that there are other things that um, you also need to have to, to feed in and invest into. So, um, and I think everyone has those. You just have to take the time um, you know, and just find those things and just, just measure, um, measure the blessings. And, you know, even the, when we wake up today, I shared with the staff this morning in a staff meeting, like, I know it's been a struggle for the week, or uh, we may have had a bad week, but you, you were able to wake up today. You have the air that you're breathing. That is a blessing in itself. And so take time to recognize those pieces. Um, Cause you know, it, it we we don't have we we not everyone has um you know those blessings every day and so I think just taking the time to recognizing the small things and the small steps um that we go through that's pretty cool too. That's awesome. And that's a great reminder that we need to live in the present and be grateful for what we have and not worry about the future or try to make up for the past. Right. It just is about being present. So final question, and and this is very open-ended. Do you have any resources that, you know, uh, you could share with the listeners that you have used as you've grown as a leader? You know, maybe it's a book, maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's a video, maybe it's a, a person or a conference, or, or is there anything that you would like to share with the listeners that they could potentially cash in on as they're becoming or growing themselves as leaders? Yeah, so there are um, a few books that um, kind of brought in last year. I think it's always for us as educators not to be just stagnant in our um, in our day to day operations and 
for me as a leader, I also need to increase the awareness and my knowledge too. I also try to feed this to the staff. Um, but, uh, you know, for our leadership team, there was a book that um, I had and just also creating voice. There were six things that I was able to take from and I'll actually share it with you. Um, it's called You Are the Team. And so I'm um, not sure if you can see that, but it just goes back to focusing on like six things, being selfless, trustworthy, humble, positive, respective. And in the end, th those turn out to be great things. And so a very basic book, but it's just a simple um, six simple ways that, for, that you can go from being good to being great. Um, and then another thing that I, another book that I've um, been reading um, is What Happened to You. And so the staff has also been feeding into this book. Um, it's by Bruce Perry. Um, but it's just conversations on trauma, resilience, and healing. And so that is something that um, I try to focus on when doing PD with the staff. And so allowing them to do chapters and dig a little deeper. Um, because I do you think the world that we live in, we have to learn to be resilient, but there are also very uh, traumatic things. And what may not seem traumatic to you may seem traumatic. It may be traumatic for someone else. So just taking the time to learn um, the whys behind other stories and how can you, you know, just increase your awareness as to understanding other stories that, you know, surround us. And so those are two little uh, two books that come. And then I guess another one that just comes into mind, I'm just you know, going on with different things is, you know, we have a freshman academy that we started this year. And, and so we've had them digging into the seven habits of highly effective teens. And so just understanding with us in the virtual environment, dealing with teenagers, um, just allowing them to, I think it all goes back to character, right? And then um, having that, right? You, you talk about the character with being in uh, you day to day, but that also goes into you being career and college ready. Um and just if you go just straight out into the workforce, um, just having those significant pieces that, you know, you, that you're creating and sharing um, with others. But you have to you have to build those within yourself first. And so those are some pieces that um, I've worked on in the past year or two or, or in the present um, that are really good pieces of information and just allow me um, as a school leader to try to think of ways to be innovative Um as you're just building relationships or just fostering the culture within the school, because um, what we're doing today may not work tomorrow. So you always have to be thinking ahead um, and try to be proactive instead of reactive. And so I, I take those as, as takeaways and try to embed those into my daily living. Great. Now, the use the term resilient. I think that's key. And you know, we were reminded that of that in 2020 um, when we uh, entered the pandemic that. Um, we have to be able to pivot. We have to be, the, our students or our organizations rely on us as leaders and we can't cave to the pressure of the unknown. We have to be resilient. I also was thinking as you were describing the, you are the team. Um, I think it's important that we share a common vocabulary with our staff. You know, um, I hear a lot of, I don't, times people talking about, I don't have the bandwidth or what's the bandwidth. Well, if we don't define what the bandwidth is, I may be thinking one thing and you're thinking another. And so we're not going to see it from the same angle. So I think that's a great uh, resource for a team to all understand what do these terms mean. And these are core to our, our mission and our culture. So I appreciate you sharing those. I also appreciate you spending time with me today. Um, I've enjoyed it. Uh, I appreciate you being so transparent and kind of how you transitioned in and some of the things you overcame and strategies that you have both helping you at work and helping you outside of work. Uh, I think there was a lot of great reminders in there 
whether you're a new leader or a veteran leader, um, just some important things to do. So uh, being Thanksgiving when this comes out, I hope you have a happy Thanksgiving and enjoy time with your family and uh, renew yourself as you're getting ready for that home stretch before we get into the Christmas break. So thanks again. And uh, I'm going to put your contact information in our show notes. So um, listeners, if you would like to get in touch with Miss Ashley Owings to get some more information about anything she shared, uh, just check out the show notes and it'll have her contact information. Again, thanks, Ashley. And I hope you have a great day. For our listeners, thanks for joining me on this journey of collaborative uh, leadership. Um, it is an important journey where we support one another. So I hope you take time to take care of yourself and take care of your team. Be sure to follow the Institute on all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At Erskine Charters, we'll have all of these resources, including this podcast, many stories of our schools, and other things. So check us out. The opinions expressed within the content are solely the authors and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of the Charter Institute at Erskine or its affiliates.